Um, we've got a very special announcement. Harry's gone, but he brought us Pringles. <laughs> Where is he? He's left. He's had enough. Haven't even started yet. Okay. Okay, so we've been looking at Advent. Um, we're in this season of Advent and looking at what that means. Advent is about waiting, longing, preparing to celebrate the birth of Jesus. So last week, Paul shared about how we all approach um, Christmas differently from how we put up our Christmas tree, when we put up our Christmas tree, what kind of Advent calendar we buy. And he was looking at the shepherds in the Bible. The angels appeared to them suddenly, and the shepherds responded to the heavenly invitation and went to find Jesus lying in the manger. So this week I wanted to look at the wise men and their response to Jesus. Um, and we're going to have a reading from Matthew chapter 2, and Philip is going to come and read. Philip has been in my life group, and we've been studying a book called Undaunted. So I was hoping at 8.30 this morning when I texted her, she would agree to read. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, the Magi visit the Messiah. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Thank you. Okay, so the Magi had travelled far to find the Messiah and the star stopped over the place where he was. And we can see from the passage that Philip read the response of the Magi. They were overjoyed, they bowed down, they worshipped him and they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts. And last week, Paul looked at the Advent conspiracy and four things that we can do to embrace this season of Advent, which were love all, spend less, give more, and worship fully. And he kind of concentrated on worship fully and love all. And we can see from even reading that passage that the wise men worshiped Jesus fully when they met with him. They gave him what was valuable to them. They gave their gifts. 
So I wanted to look at that a little bit now, and particularly the spend less and give more. And I'd love to offer you a few practical thoughts on that and then go back to the passage. So I'm mixing it up a bit today and switching it around. But before we do that, we've got a wee video, if that's okay, Peter. Dear friends and family, I don't think I can do Christmas this year. And mom, I know what you're gonna say. Don't be so dramatic, but I'm serious. I love parts of it, don't get me wrong. The family dinner, Ben's famous eggnog, grandma's oatmeal cookies, Tim's Christmas sweater hugs. But that's not what's getting to me. It's the 10 days till Christmas pressure, the never ending to-do list, the traffic jams, the credit card debt, all for what? To get that right gift to give meaning to it all? We spend so much money every year on good things for each other, but also on a lot of things just for things sake. Like that random gift card for you, Tracy, because I never know what you want. Or Cousin Joel, that shirt I know you didn't really like, that wasn't your size, which made you go back to the mall and waste that whole day just so you could receive a gift from me. And it's not that gifts are bad, but lately I don't understand how all the buying and busyness has anything to do with celebrating Christmas. When did I forget what this has always been about? Maybe Christmas doesn't need to be different, but I need to be different. So here's what I'm gonna do. The wife and I sat down. We decided to spend less anxiety, energy, and money, and instead give more relationally, like how God gave his son. Some of you we see all the time, so we thought about the gifts that could make that time more meaningful together. Others of you we don't see as often, so we wanted to make something with a bit of heart. We tried lots of things, and then we found out from a friend that you can roast your own coffee beans with a popcorn popper. So our family is making gifts with some personal notes and prayers. If the love of Jesus changed the world, what if, in celebration of that, we took a portion of what we used to spend on gifts for each other and instead gave a lasting gift to those in need? I know what you're thinking. Where do you even start? Well, how about here? Did you know that every minute a child dies from a water-related disease? What if we could give someone the gift of clean drinking water? I know, alone, our small gift doesn't seem huge. But the story of Christmas is that we're not alone. And if we all gave together, all of a sudden it's not so small anymore. And that's a Christmas story that I'd like to be a part of, and one we would all remember. So dear friends and family, who's ready for that Christmas? I know we are, and we're inviting you to join us. Okay, so maybe some of you are feeling a little bit like that this year. Maybe you feel 
like writing a letter to your friends and family. I don't think I can do Christmas this year. And you know something needs to be different, but maybe it's what he said. Maybe it's us who needs to be different. And I know that it can feel like you're swimming against the tide, you know, with so much get, 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 so much what are you buying and consumerism and all of that. So I just wanted to offer a few little ideas around that that I've come across. Um, this one I found um, from this um, lady on Facebook who um, I really like. She is just a Christian speaker in America, but it's um, for Christmas, and I found it a few weeks ago, and I told it to Hope, and she's been going around regurgitating this, which has been good. So it's something you want, something you need, something to wear, something to read. So I just think, you know, instead of just, like he said, going to the shop and buying whatever, to be more intentional about what we're buying, to think about it, to don't just buy gifts for the sake of it. And I just want to encourage you all, you know, not to feel that pressure, to think about what's right for you and your family. And if we're saying that we welcome God into every area of our lives, that includes our choices around money and gifts and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe you're chatting to people in your workplace or at the school gate or whatever. And I do think it's an opportunity to graciously show a different approach and to show a different way that you're not just um, doing what everyone else does. And the lady um, who I saw this from had added on to the four things. So as well as something you want, something you need, something to wear, something to read, she'd added on something to light up the world. And it was lovely because actually when I said it to Hope, that's the one she talked about most. Like, Mummy, what can, what's our li- something to light up the world? What could that be? What could we do? And like he said in the film, his suggestion was clean water, you know, to give a lasting gift. And I just had a couple of other suggestions here. You know, we support Stand By Me as a charity, um, as a church. We support them, especially in Ethiopia. And they've got this little thing, um, Christmas 2015 She Appeal. So you can text a number that I can't read because it's so small, but um, text um, and you can give five pounds and that will buy a pair of shoes. So you see the picture on the top right? That's a picture of a pair of shoes of a little boy in Nepal and they have to walk for miles to be with their families. And you can text five pounds, buy them a pair of shoes and then take a shoe selfie. So underneath their hoops, little boots. So that was her something to light up the world, giving a child a pair of shoes this Christmas. And that's a Christmas story that I would like to be part of. You know, you might have your own charity that you're passionate about or your own country or your own place in the world that God's put in your heart. And I just encourage you this Christmas to think about how you can give a lasting gift. And then our Christmas hampers, you know, there's families in our community who won't get many treats this Christmas. And I just love the generosity of our church. This is Steve's stock take during the week, just some of the pictures. So you can see we've got loads and loads of items, but we still need some more. And like your one little tube of Pringles, if that's what you can give, doesn't cost much. But like he said in the clip, if we all buy that, our gifts all come together to make something bigger. So I encourage you, if you can, to have a look at the lists that are left. That's the wee list. So, you know, maybe you can't, you've bought all you can, but our one little thing just makes a difference when we all put it together. 
You know, it doesn't all have to be monetary gifts, you know, like we said last week. What about yourself, a gift of you, of your time, visiting friends and family, like he said in the clip, being intentional about that. And I really thought about a gift of your words. What about writing a letter to someone you love, giving a lasting gift? The wise men brought their gifts to Jesus and they'd traveled from a long way to do that. They'd intentionally brought something for the Messiah. That was their response. So I just simply wanted to encourage you this morning to be intentional about the gifts you give, about spending less and giving more. And hopefully there's a few wee ideas in there. And if you have other ideas, you know, please be sharing them in your chats afterwards and stuff. So I just wanted to look at the Bible passage a little bit more because there's so much in this description of the Christmas story. You know, we read it every year and it probably just seems really familiar to us, but I just wanted to pick a few things out. You know, the title in my NIV when I was reading it was Visitors Arrive from Eastern Lands. And even that seems poignant based on what's going on in the world today. And there was a lot of speculation about the Magi, you know, not much was known about them. They saw the star, they travelled a long way. And I just really noticed the intentionality about that. You know, they had to persevere. It wasn't like now where they hopped on a plane. It was a really long journey and they had to choose to make it. And, you know, they didn't know what they were going to expect whenever they got there. They didn't know what they would find. But still they chose to make the journey and to seek after Jesus. And I think that's true for some of us here. We are on a journey towards Jesus We're not sure what's ahead. We don't know what to expect. But I really want to encourage you today that that's a journey worth making. Keep going, keep choosing, keep following Jesus, keep pursuing him. And those men recognized Jesus as the Messiah when most of God's chosen people didn't. It says in in verse 3, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. Not just Herod was disturbed, the whole country. And he called together the people's chief priests and teachers of the law. You know, they were the religious leaders of the day. And as we read on through the Gospels, we realize they didn't recognize Jesus as the Messiah. When they found him, they worshipped and they responded with joy and gifts. You know, not everyone around recognizes Jesus and who he is, but are we going to do that? How are we approaching Jesus this Christmas? You know, are we expecting God to explain himself, to prove himself to us, to give something to us? Or are we willing to make that journey towards him? You know, perhaps not knowing what's going to be at the end, not knowing what to expect, and buy before him and give part of our treasure. Um, I was really thinking of a song um, when I was preparing this. Um, I think Paul and I had it at our wedding, so I don't know if you might know this song, but it's called O Sacred King, O Holy King. And the words are, Jesus, what can I give? What can I bring to so faithful a friend, to so loving a king? Saviour, what can be said, what can be sung as a praise of your name for the things you have done? Oh, my words could not tell, not even in part, of the debt of love that is owed by this thankful heart. And it says in that song, how can I honour you rightly? And I really wanted us to ponder that question in our hearts this Advent, this Christmas time. 
Those um, wise men brought gifts and worshipped Jesus for who he was, worshipped fully, as we saw in the Advent conspiracy, honouring Christ for who he was, being willing to give what was valuable to them, their possessions. You know, when we sing, when I survey the wondrous cross, we sing, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. So this morning I wanted us to ask, what's our posture towards Jesus this Christmas? Are we journeying towards him? Are we worshipping? Are we bowing down? How can I honour you rightly? How can I honour you rightly this Christmas time? The Magi found Jesus, worshipped him and gave him gifts, but then they were warned by God in a dream not to go back to Herod, not to return through Jerusalem as they intended. So they went back via another route. And you know, as I said, when we find Jesus, it might not be what we expected it to be. And I think for some of us, that's probably been a good thing. Like maybe when we came across Jesus or came to church, we thought it would be judgmental or we wouldn't be good enough or all of that kind of stuff. And we find that God is a God of grace and love. But as we journey our life with Jesus, you know, it might mean that our lives take a different turn. Those wise men probably just thought, well, we'll go, we'll find this Jesus. Okay, we've met Herod and we'll just go back the way we came. That's familiar. We've been, it took a long time. We'll just go back the way we came. And they probably didn't expect that they would almost have to go undercover, that they would have to hide from the powerful king of the day. They probably didn't realize they would have to go on a different journey. But they heard God and they were responsive to what God said and obedient to what he told them to do. And I think maybe God is speaking to some of us at this time, maybe saying things that we didn't expect, that we weren't sure, that we thought, well, Jesus, when I chose to follow you, I didn't know it would be like this, or I didn't sign up for that. Maybe we're even feeling a wee bit uncomfortable. Maybe we're having to go against the expectation of other people around us or even society. But I just wanted to encourage you that when God speaks and we're obedient, amazing things happen. Are you willing for God to lead you in a different way, to maybe go on a different journey, to take a different route from the one you had mapped out for yourself? You know, life can take different turns for us all. And I was thinking about these wise men bowing before Jesus, just being on their knees And I thought of that beautiful song that um, sometimes is sung at Christmas, O Holy Night, because, you know, it says, fall on your knees, hear the angel voices. And I really started to look at the words of the song. And one of the lines is, the thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. And I just thought of those words, a weary world. You know, for some of us at the minute, celebration and joy don't really seem like what we feel like doing. You know, how can we celebrate when all these things are going on? You know, maybe our hearts are broken by what's happening around the world, like in Paris and Syria. The other day, um, I saw this um, picture. It was this GP, a young girl who's just qualified as a GP. And she went to Calais, to the refugee camp, because someone else in her family who was a medic had been there. And she told her about it. And she thought, I just have to go and help and do what I can. And what she described, like, 
I just thought, this is Western Europe. She said it was just muddy, cold. There was people everywhere. And as soon as they heard that they were doctors, they were just swarming around, you know, trying to get help, trying to get medical treatment. And this young girl did what she could with the limited medical supplies that she had available. And I just thought... I'm worrying about what to buy for Christmas. You know, those parents don't even have a warm place to put their children. And it seems so desperate. You know, even our governments and our societies seem splintered in how they choose to respond to these things. You know, everything that's happening in the news at the moment about refugees. It's really hard to know what to do. It just really does seem like a weary world. And I think if you bring that down to ourselves as well, on our own, many of us are hurting at the moment, or we know people who are, we've had things happen. You know, for some of us, we're going to miss somebody this Christmas, there's going to be a space at our table, we're grieving for someone we've lost this year. I know um, a couple of mums at the kids' school who are battling with cancer right now, others I know are struggling with mental health. You know, people we love, people in our families are struggling financially, emotionally or spiritually. There's real honest pain that we all know about. The weary world is still waiting in so many ways, in so many hearts, in so many places for the fullness of the kingdom of God to come. And I really think this Christmas some of us need to experience that thrill of hope some rejoicing in the midst of suffering. When the Magi met Jesus, they were overcome. They were overwhelmed with joy because they were in the presence of Jesus. They met with him. And I think some of us need to be in Jesus' presence. We need to get up close and personal with him. We need to open our eyes to see him and open our hearts to receive him again. Either, well, maybe for the first time or afresh. You know, some of us put guards up because things have happened in our families. People we know have broken hearts. We put our guards up because we're disappointed, because we're scared, because we're angry. But God is there to receive us. Um, you know that's, that hymn we sing, O Little Town of Bethlehem, that carol, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. He came to bring his kingdom to earth. That's why he was born as a baby in a manger. As we fall on our knees, as we worship him, as we bring our treasure, you know, we are declaring that again. We're declaring the truth that Jesus is with us. He came to reveal God the Father. He came to be obedient even to death on a cross. And that was to give us life. By his Holy Spirit, he's here with us. He's here now this morning and he's coming again to set things right. So Advent is our church's way of observing and remembering, of making this truth, marking this truth again, that we wait in expectation for the fullness of God. God comes to redeem all that's broken in us and healing and bringing death to life. And we hold all these things together, you know, the joy and the sorrow. That's what I'm really learning. You know, you, you almost can't have one without the other. It's not always going to be rosy in the garden. And we kneel before our Savior and we worship him. We offer our treasures and we choose hope, the thrill of hope, 
because we know that in him there's a new day, a new and glorious morn as we sing at Christmas time. So this Advent, I want to encourage you to journey towards Jesus, the God who suffers with us, the God who weeps with us when we're sad, the God who is with us. And that is the Christmas story that I want to be part of. That's what I want to do this Christmas, to come and kneel before Jesus like the wise men did, to say, yes, God, I worship you. I don't understand everything, but I trust in you. I trust that you have come to make all things new, and I give you my treasure. So Advent matters because it's our way of keeping our eyes and our hearts and our arms all wide open. I just love that picture, you know, and this morning I just want to encourage you. We're going to worship again for a little bit just to open up your eyes to see what God is doing in your life, to open up your heart, to say, yes, God, there's broken things, there's broken situations, but I trust you again. Open up your arms to say, God, who do you want me to embrace? Who do you want me to care for? Why don't we stand?